This is Soccer News IV. Soccer News IV. It's in your veins. Brought to you by SoccerRom.com. From Bumblebee to high school to college to the pros. Before the best coaches go to practice, they go to SoccerRom.com. Hello and welcome. I'm Stephen Parr, the host of Soccer News IV. Here's our top story. MLS hands out more fines and suspensions, but this time they got most of them right. I know, I know. If you listened last week, you heard me talk about how the disciplinary committee was insanely wrong about their fine and suspension of Charlie Joseph. And now I'm starting off applauding the same people for fining and suspending players. It's just that this time the players were the ones who had lost their minds. And so most of the consequences handed out were warranted. Notice how I said most. I still think they missed a couple. Here's what happened. MLS fined FC Dallas's Dario Sala $3,500 and suspended him for six matches. MLS got this one right. After the Dallas-Colorado match, Sala punched a member of the Rapids team as Colorado was taunting the Dallas fans. I don't care what the other team is doing. Punching a guy in the head is never okay. Sala knows that, and he apologized to the Colorado coach a few minutes later. Still, the fine and suspension are, I think, just about right. Now, moments after Sala's sucker punch, Mike Petke of the Rapids did his best Ralph Macchio impersonation and came flying in, cleats up, planting the bottom of his boots into Sala's ribcage. I understand that one of your teammates was just cold-cocked, but it is never okay to use your cleats as a weapon. Petke was fined $500. I think he got off light. Of course, you can decide for yourself since the whole thing ended up on YouTube.com. The person who helped start the rumble was Pablo Mastroeni, who had basically behaved very poorly for the entire match. Now, what I want to know is when did Pablo become such a thug? Remember earlier this season when Colorado was involved in a scuffle after winning in Salt Lake? Well, Pablo was accused of making rude gestures toward the crowd, and Real owner Dave Checkets got angry about it. Remember that? Well, once again, Pablo and company are making gestures to the Dallas crowd after the match. And the league does nothing about this. I don't think the Dallas Cowboys' Terrell Owen has been this big of a punk on the field to his own players or the crowd. And if you know me, then you know how little I think of Owens. It is never okay to try and start a riot with the fans of an opposing club. And yet, Colorado has done just that twice this fall. Colorado has an attitude problem. And if the team won't fix it, then the league should. This league needs as many fans as it can get. And when word gets around that the players are grabbing their privates and resorting to vulgar sign language, then some fans may think twice before shelling out money to see that sort of thing in person. This is a problem for the league. The attitude problems this weekend weren't limited to the Colorado-Dallas game. Chivas USA and Houston were also poorly behaved. For example, just at the last whistle, Chivas' Juan Pablo Garcia went flying in, cleats up on Brad Davis. 
Had the match lasted five more seconds, Garcia would have been sent off. Instead, there was a bit of a melee as a reaction to the unpunished foul. So, MLS fined Garcia $2,000 and suspended him for two games. Again, I think MLS got this one right. Ricardo Clark was fined $500 for a yellow card he picked up during the match, and Claudio Suarez was fined $750 for his post-game actions. But the league missed one, I think. Juan Francisco Palencia was ejected during the match, and I'll have more on that later, but it took him several minutes to lead the pitch because he was still arguing with the ref over the card. Now, MLS has issued fines to players earlier this year for failing to leave the field in a timely manner after an ejection. Palencia's actions certainly fit that definition. And besides, Palencia is the highest paid player in, in MLS. He can afford a good hefty fine. And New England coach Steve Nickel was fined $2,000 for talking out of school. $2,000 for talking out of school. Nickel told the Boston Globe that MLS was wrong to find and suspend Charlie Joseph last week. I believe his opinion was correct, but every professional league in the country will find coaches who criticize the league in the press. Nickel knows that, and so I can't really defend him too much, except to say that criticizing your company should not be a bigger crime than jumping cleats first into a man's chest. Remember, Pat Key only got $500 fine. Are you with me on that? Sticks and stones, right? Or in this case, fist and cleats, we do not mind, but angry quotes will get me fined. Well, let's get to the games. Remember that all of last weekend's games were the second legs of a home and away series with total goals in the combined games winning. In the first game, a wounded and angry New England Revolution hosted the Chicago Fire. Chicago held a one-goal lead going into the match. New England held a big chip on their shoulder because of the Joseph suspension. To make matters worse for the Revs, Chicago scored first. The Fire took a two-goal advantage thanks to a sliding finish from Nate Jaqua in the 18th minute. Chicago kept up the pressure for much of the first half but made a critical mistake just before halftime. What was the mistake? Well, they let Taylor Twelman score in the 41st minute, and they lost basically all their momentum. New England came out in the second half, fired up and determined. Plus, they had Pat Noonan on as a second-half sub. That turned out to be a great move as Noonan buried a shot in the 58th minute to tie the series. In overtime, Chicago started to look like a team desperate not to head into penalties, and who could blame them with Matt Reese in goal for New England? And when time ended without another goal, Reese proved Chicago's fears to be justified. Reese stopped the first shot by Tiago and the fourth by Ivan Guerrero to secure the shootout victory. By the way, an added bit of irony. Guerrero was the player who was fouling Joseph in the first game and then got struck in the face. The incident that led to Joseph's unjustified suspension, the player who most angered the revolution prior to the game, Missed the penalty kick. Later that day, Dallas hosted Colorado in Frisco. Dallas had never won a playoff series against Colorado, ever. In the 29th minute, Dallas's Chris Bondi went sliding in with both feet up on Colorado's Matt Crawford. Not only was this a dangerous foul, it was a dumb one, too. The play was deep in Colorado territory on the wings. There was no imminent threat or scoring opportunity, and yet Bondi's poor decision 
left his teammates a man down with an hour to hour to still to play as Bondi was ejected. Somehow, Dallas held on to go into halftime 0-0 and maintaining the goal advantage in the series. And just eight minutes after halftime, Carlos Ruiz was able to double that lead with the first goal of the match. In the 57th minute, a cross bounced off Nicholas Hernandez's back and towards the Dallas goal, defender Drew Moore volleyed the ball out, but the linesman said the ball crossed the line first. And the 83rd minute, Hernandez struck again. He hit the series tying goal when Dallas's ball watching on a corner kick left the striker wide open in the box with the ball at his feet. So now the match goes to overtime. Advantage Colorado, right? You know, Dallas has been playing a man down. They're tired. Uh, but maybe not. Two minutes in, Dallas's Clarence Goodson scored a goal on a team not named Dallas. Goodson had two own goals earlier this season. But his overtime header gave Dallas just enough cushion to feel comfortable. The 114th minute, Clint Mathis made up for a rather poor season with a monster blast from outside the box. He beat Sala to the upper 90 and sent the series to penalty kicks. Greg Vanny hit the left post, and Sala's shot from the spot was saved by Joe Cannon, and Dallas is eliminated at home on penalty kicks by Colorado for the second year in a row. D.C. United hosted Red Bull New York and held a one-goal lead going in. United played poorly for most of the match, and Red Bull played like, well, Red Bull, quite frankly. New York was able to pull even on the series in the 70th minute when teen sensation Josemar Altidore struck a nice ball past Troy Perkins. Red Bull has had to rely on him way too much this season already. Of course, D.C. has relied way too much on Christian Gomez. Gomez scored the only goal in the first match, and heading into the last five minutes of the second match, it looks like we were headed for another overtime. Fortunately, Gomez came up big again. Just in the nick of time, the MVP candidate struck netting in the 86th minute, restoring D.C.'s one-goal lead and sending the Supporters' Shield winner to the Eastern Conference Championship. Back in Texas, Houston began their match with Chivas down 2-1. to one. In the 55th minute, Lawson Vaughn was carded for dissent. Several other Chivas players did their best to argue with the ref over the card, and someone should explain to these guys that arguing with the ref is what dissent means. But we'll get back to that. Two minutes later, Juan Francisco Palencia was carded for a hard foul on an airborne Adrian Sirio. While trainers were working on Sirio, Palencia and Ricardo Clark got into an argument about the play. Palencia ends up hitting Clark in the back of the head, and he's rightly ejected. Palencia then spends the next several minutes arguing with the ref about the ejection. In the 64th minute, Tim Reagan tackled De Rosario in the box. Not a soccer tackle, a football tackle. It led to a penalty kick and another yellow card. Now, Chivas' Juan Pablo Garcia then went running up to referee Michael Kennedy to argue the call. What's that called, kids? That's right, dissent. Brad Davis put the penalty kick away, and Houston is back in business as the series is now tied 2-all, and Houston had all the momentum. Now, because of the cautions and the arguments and Palencia's long exit strategy, six minutes of stoppage time was added to the second half. Brian Ching only needed three. Houston's leading score put away the series winner after the ball bounced in the box off several players, and he sent Chivas home for the winner. Which leads us to the schedule.
DC United host the New England Revolution at 4 Eastern. The game is on ESPN2, and Red Bull head coach Bruce Arena will be in the announcer's booth right next to Eric Winalda calling the game. That alone should be a lot of fun. Then on Fox Soccer Channel, the Houston Dynamo hosts the Colorado Rapid. These two franchises have never met in the playoffs before. You can watch this first meeting at 7 Eastern. That's it for this week. I need to give a big shout-out to the folks at SoccerRound.com for all of their support. For Soccer News IV, I'm Stephen Paul. Remember, Soccer News IV, it's in your veins.